0: now I'm overwhelmed with emotion or I'm mad as hell or that unpopular opinion was different than what I was going to propose as an expert. How about that? That's unpopular. No, no, no. That's that's not what I was going to say. So that's super <laughs> unpopular to me, right? So many things you have me thinking about.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Living Out Loud discussion series. Today, we are talking about the art of holding space for unpopular opinions in group settings. I am your host, Charmaine Nutz. I'm a relational DI expert, If you are new here, we are openly unpacking real-life scenarios and issues that come up in our workplace interactions with each other. The goal of every single episode is to reveal the layers and the nuances in our interactions with each other so that we can learn about them as a community that cares about diversity, equity, and inclusion. As always, the thoughts, views, opinions, everything that is shared in this discussion today, they are my own and not as representative of any of the agencies that I work for or am contracted by. Today, I have Janice Boafo in this space. I have been waiting to get you here to talk about some things, and this is going to be the first of many I already know it. I have known you for a few years. We worked together at San Diego State, and I swear, like, every time I was in a room with you or we got to collaborate, you just, oh my gosh, you're like, you have a really cool earthly energy that's so real. People really gravitate towards you and the way you teach is it's inviting to change it's Mm -hmm. inviting into really difficult things so I was thinking about the conversation today when uh, thinking about what it's like to hold space for unpopular opinions when people are in group settings and how hard that can be I have seen not many people have the skill set to be able to be in those spaces and help other people stay in that space and unpack and explore and stuff I just know you and love you for everything that you bring, and thank you for being here today. Thank you, thank you. It might be because I was born on Earth Day. Just want to throw that out there. Where, where are you grounded?
0: Yeah, April twenty second, Earth Day. The grounded <laughs>
1: earthly energy. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! It's I love possibility. That. Yes. Uh, would you mind sharing anything about who you are, how you came to be, what you do, sure. whatever you want?
0: Sure who I am, how I came to be. Like I said, born on Earth Day. I try to think I'm a lover of words. It's interesting because I was looking back at something a while ago. And when I was a kid, I wrote in a journal that when I grow up, I wanted to be Whitney Houston. I can't sing. And (laughs) I wanted to love people. I don't know what that job was, but love people. And I think that that for me has showed up in spaces of doing human service work of Mm -hmm. teaching, of training. And so what I do currently in terms of my day job, if you will, I coach and train social workers, resource parents, aka foster parents, drug and alcohol counselors, and I've worked for a long time in social services. I am super, super excited about holding space. So something I'm developing and figuring out how to put together is a company which I started because I've got my little something called Evergreen Cipher. And so Evergreen Cipher to me in developing the name and the concept, Evergreen is this possibility that there's growth, there's potential, that we've always got this spark of something and Cipher being the hip hop model, this circular idea of we are in a circle together. We are in a community together and that we feed each other and this energy flows. And so together to me, what it makes me think about related to myself and what I do is Facilitating spaces and helping folks to connect, maybe with themselves, maybe with each other, but creating community. And so I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm a mom of four sons somehow between birth and adoption. I only have sons. I am, yeah, so much. I think the gift that my parents gave me was struggle, having seen them struggle through different things, mental health, substance use immigration and so those things together gave me I think the ability to see multiple truths at once and to really be open to embracing the messiness Mm. and staying in it because of the love and the commitment Mm. to
1: justice so Mm. it's a little bit about me oh my goodness there's several things you said that I hadn't heard even in the way that you described it and I love it and even evergreen cipher I feel like you described that before it I don't think I like, heard it the way that you're saying it right now. That's amazing. And you said something that I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear. And it's the gift of the struggle. Like the, that was so interesting. I understand it completely. I just, I'm imagining people when the gift of the struggle, it can be a gift. It can be a struggle and a gift. I just love your framing for that.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of times we get stuck in the struggle and we miss the gift. To me, there's a missing of the lesson, Mm, mm. of the learning, of the growth. I have this immense Mm. spirit of gratitude and it doesn't minimize, hey, those times were so hard, like not knowing when you were going to eat, don't recommend. And community sharing things, having creativity sparked because there's no other way except for to be creative or to tap into oh i can do this digging deep and i made it out and so now i can look at other folks in a way to see them in a deeper way because i was that person and i still am that person to me is the gifts of the struggle or some Mm. of the gifts
1: yes if people can't already see already i'm like this is exactly what i was talking about this kind of person that can really be in a situation and all the things can happen that's amazing absolutely amazing I think a good place for us to start is talking about what we're even saying when we say holding space. Mm-hmm. I think it means something very clear to us or maybe people who know that terminology. Uh, just what are we talking about when we say like holding space? And where are these spaces that we're talking about? Where do those exist? That way people can come along with us on our journey. It does feel a little bit like
0: Diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, social work, human service jargon, and I think it's something that we already do. Mm-hmm. It, to me, holding spaces is about witnessing folks. I think it's also important that space holding for ourselves, and that's something that I feel like you have helped to facilitate in our conversations offline around reminding me to turn the space holding or to create the space around myself. So when I think of holding space, I really think of witnessing, seeing, hearing, making room for, because we don't necessarily have to be in charge of the space. Maybe (laughs) we're falling back to allow for some space to make room for connection, to make Mm. room for observation, to make room for the mystery of whatever emerges in the space that is created, which we can't always have experiences and learning and growth when we're too full.
1: Mm -hmm. So making some room for the mystery. Even in that right there, the framing you're using, I think about me and my responsibility at times as a facilitator to hold the space and make the space. And as you're describing it, I'm seeing this collective responsibility, collective participation in making the room for whatever it is when i think about holding space it's very very similar it's there's other things going on besides an agenda or topical words there's a lot of people here there's a lot of perspectives there's meaning and can we expand what we came into this thinking would happen and like what is what's all this stuff going on here and what do we want to do with the stuff here.
0: And I feel like there's no spectators in it. I think that's another Mm. misunderstanding is that when we create space, when we hold space, when we're facilitating, it's really not on the facilitator solely. And what you were just talking about right now made me think about um, releasing an ownership for the outcome necessarily Mm. of the Mm. process. A long time ago, somewhere in my substance use uh, certification process and training, one of my instructors said um, to be invested in the process and not the outcome. To me, when I think about holding space is this deep investment in the relational process and an acknowledgement that it doesn't have to be, or it can't be just the facilitator's role. So when I say there's no spectators, it makes me think about how folks may initially start out on the edge of the circle. And by the nature of being in the room, you're part of the process, whether you're just silently observing whether you are speaking out loud whether you're contributing or not contributing you are essentially energetically part of this process and there are no spectators you have a role that you are playing out in the creation of and the development of the space
1: mhm i believe that that is something that gets missed a lot and i'm just really thinking about myself as a facilitator and how hard i try to work to get groups to see it's not my space that I am facilitating. I'm doing my best to facilitate a process where you all see it's your space. And I'm trying to help you see how you want to use your space. And that can be difficult because what we're talking about isn't how people are used to things going. You bring someone in or someone leads a leads a project or a team or whatever, or you pay someone to come in and do something, people are used to receiving. Like You tell me what to do and we do it. And the what we're talking about is not that. Sometimes you'll pay a consultant, they come in and they do a training and they present information. That, that's a little different than coming in and facilitating something experiential, something process-oriented, just maybe helping people have a discussion. And in those situations, it's really on the facilitator to say upfront, it's not, I'm not here to tell y'all how this is gonna go. But Mm. as a facilitator, it feels like there's so much, I know, let me talk for myself. There's so much pressure to have it go a certain way and give people the outcome that you know they want, have everyone go away feeling wonderful. It's just not realistic for one person to be able to do that it isn't yeah
0: and I feel if one person does drop in and do that where's the sustainability and what is Mm -hmm. the connection to for this group to continue whatever their individual process is whatever their work is so great you came in you gave a little something and what did folks come in with yeah What shifted or changed or was highlighted or underscored in the facilitation process? And then what are they taking when you leave? Because you're leaving and they're staying in their process and in their space after you're gone.
1: Yes. You and I have been in a couple of situations, even with thinking about clients or partners. Mm -hmm. And uh, people can get really used to having someone come in, help people do Something cool, and then that expert or experts leave, and the skill to do for self hasn't been developed, so you and I have been in situations where we have had to coach to see why the experience is the way that it is in order to build the skill to to sustain after we are gone. sometimes that can go really well, and sometimes. Not so much because in my personal opinion, people aren't used to experiential types of development. People have become used to share. I want to learn the knowledge. and I want you to tell me the skills I need to develop. And I'll go do that later in practice when I'm doing it at work. And it doesn't translate that way.
0: Yeah, it almost sounds like folks are skipping a step.
1: They don't actually have,
0: there may be times when folks, or what I've seen, that folks don't necessarily have a good grasp of where they're at and what they're looking at, but want to jump to solutions. Solutions for what? What are you looking at? Have you had space and time to look at what might be uncomfortable? Or maybe you're not even familiar with it yet. As you were talking right now, it had me visualizing like an archaeological dig where okay. they have these little tiny little, they look like paintbrushes, and they're slowly dusting off something to see, oh, this is what's emerging. To me, sometimes facilitating space and holding space is helping folks get to the edge and go, oh, I see a thing brush. there. Who's gonna pick up the little brush? Cause y'all are gonna be here for a while cause archeological digs, they're there for months, they get their stakes, get, be careful. Huh? Cause they're figuring out the lay of the land. There's so much that's covered. Sometimes the facilitation, the holding of space, we are not going to get this whole sphinx or tomb or this whole pottery out today. Yep. You guys will be your little brushes, do, doing a little dusting. Let me know how that's going. Uh, right. And we may need to expand the landscape, put the, put the stakes out a little further, tie some ribbons over here. To me, that's what it is. And sometimes what I've experienced is that folks want, well, thin there, I just want it out. And when you, when I think about an archeological dig, it's a discovery, it's a process, it's an unfolding. And then you have to figure out where to adjust.
1: Yeah.
0: And if you rush it, you break stuff. If mm. you rush it, you lose things. Sometimes we folks, myself, are in such a process of wanting to have the big discovery or to make the change that you miss the wonder of the process. And realizing that process will get you, with time and investment and all other pieces, to this other space.
1: Yep. Yes. Okay. I love this analogy. I need to learn the difference between an analogy and a metaphor. I don't know. I don't know, but I love words, and this
0: is what happens. My parents told me that when I was a baby, I used to sleep with a book. And I think that, to me, the words are the stories, the narratives, the connecting To me, that's witnessing and holding space. It comes alive for me and going, what does this compare to? How do we visualize it? How can we hold it solid and cement it? I catch stories or sometimes like you just did right now, again, holding space for each other. You activate something. While you were talking, I literally was like, yeah, it was moving through my head as you were talking about this unfolding.
1: Yeah. And in what you're lifting up, first of all, pause. Thank you for that. It helped me release whatever my attachment is to figure out whatever right word is because it's not about the right word. It's the story you just told. So thank yep. you for that. The picture, though, when you were doing the brushing, it was it's perfect. And I think about our work as people leading other people doing it. I liken it to, there, there's a whole landscape. So I help. I'm like, I'm, right, I'm over here in this little area. Let's come to this area. I'll help you see what this is like because here is a great example. And then y'all can, there's lots of other places to try and do on your own, your point about sustainability. So that little area is one of the things that is difficult to help people understand consultants, experts are only going to be able to do so much. They cannot be with here with you unless you truly want that, but that's not doing actual org change it's just paying someone to do a bunch of stuff so if you really want someone who's going to teach you you'll likely go to an area and see what it's like and practice there and engage and all of that other great stuff and as you were brushing away and like you know blowing i was thinking about i was thinking about okay some people love that they get it they're there in the space and they're trying stuff out and oh yeah this is what it's like to hold space for different perspectives and we're doing all the work and it feels good to see each other and then a layer in all of this is what happens when inevitably people have different perspectives sure. people are going to usually always have different perspectives but there's some people that have unpopular opinions or drastically different perspectives. And what can be hard for many people, even facilitators is to hold the space for all of it. Cause we're saying we're gonna Mm -hmm. hold space for all of it. Mm -hmm. And that means it's gonna be things that can activate people, things that people can disagree with. As a facilitator, if we're over here in this corner, this is what it looks like. There's a lot that we are going through and teaching so that outside of this space, When people are working together and people have different perspectives and someone has an unpopular opinion, ideally they can do that there without an expert. I'm thinking about if we could just like really hone in on that piece that when the work starts to go another direction or when people don't like it anymore and they want to just stop having the holding of space because it no longer is something controlled where everyone agrees, what does it look like or what are we even talking about when we say people have unpopular opinions and that space needs to be held too? Yeah. Yeah. It
0: makes me think about, and I was thinking about this, whether there are different rules of engagement for facilitators versus for participants. And I don't think that there are, I think that there is a parallel process that happens in facilitation as in sort of the heart of things of needing to, and I've shared this with you before, needing to find a way to hold the tension. Oh, things are starting to go awry. Oh, something unpopular. There's a reaction in the room or this hits me in some kind of spot and I'm having a reaction. To me, it is the same expectation for participants in the room. There is a lot of power in just sitting with it. I don't mean allowing things to go, but a lot of times what I have done is I've had an assumption. Someone will say, you know how they say, and I'm like, oh yeah, I know what they say. And I know the end of the sentence. And I early on realized, what if I don't say it? I go, what do they say? Or I go, yeah, but remind me. Or I just sit and listen and go, 50% of the time someone says something different. Hmm. So I thought I knew what they said and me taking up the space that really was for this person to tell me what they know that they say opened up for them to tell me their point of view so I liken that to pausing noticing holding the tension for me holding the tension is about ooh, this is getting stressful this could go this way or that way do I need to get in it yet do I even understand it to put myself in it and so Slowing myself down, looking at it, seeing it, noticing what's in the room, also Mm -hmm. reminding myself, as will happen in group dynamics, that there might be an interplay between two folks. And do I need to come in and rescue and save and fix and resolve? Or am I now adding another layer that didn't need to be there? Because there's a process where I trust folks, begin something, and then we figure out where to go from there. So I don't know that I gave you an answer. It was a little bit long and windy, but I think there's a piece of slowing down, holding judgment, holding assumptions, holding responses. And I guess the next piece of that for me is flipping those into questions. Questions to understand, not questions because I'm super just nosy and want to be curious and want to or want to try to win an argument or flip the conversation.
1: Help me to understand. What is the value behind this? What are you saying? Because this is
0: what I heard. So those pieces.
1: Yeah. And I don't know that there's anything in particular I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything. So your answer is your answer. And I am thinking about, you've said this a few times already. and You're actually making my brain work really hard to see it this way, even though I believe it, which is interesting. Hmm. (laughs) I believe it. Tell me, tell me. What I'm thinking is the way you're talking about it is you continue to speak not as the person facilitating the space. You're in the space. As a facilitator, you're in the space with everyone else and everybody can do all these things we're talking about. Like the agreements or whatever the group has said they want to do together frequently still fall on the facilitator to facilitate and remind. Mm -hmm. Like if, if group agreements need to be reminded it's it feels like the facilitator needs to remind but what you're talking about though is the point of a shared space the point of agreements the point of practicing all of this is for everybody to engage in the process and like you said there's no spectators we're not out we're all in this process together and it's making me think about what I believe people talk about and desire and the reason for the group agreements that most people, if they're doing this work, I think they know what group agreements are. The reason they're established is so people use them. But when it's time to use them, more often than not, the group members don't use them. They want the facilitator to remind the group.
0: Yeah. And I think that is a little bit of the facilitator giving up power, seeding power, acknowledging it. Stepping out into the, ah, like this sense of unease that participants may feel when the facilitator walks into the room. Oh, who's this facilitator? How's this gonna go? Ah. What if the facilitator allowed themselves to be in the same space of being vulnerable, um, embracing the intimacy of being part of the group? So when I think about, like I talked to you earlier about this cipher model, that there's no spectators. Either folks are performing And in the center of the cipher, the dance circle, the whatever it is, and they're spotlighted, if you will. They're the speaker maybe, or they're engaging and sharing an idea. And then the other folks are this protective circle that is witnessing, observing, noticing, holding the line, really agreeing and committing to creating and holding the space for the ideas to emerge and be challenged and with all the stuff. Mm. In order to do that, the facilitator... Must be able to see themselves as part of the group. This is these are my thoughts. Yeah, that's fair. And so they're not necessarily agreements because agreements. Yeah, I agree. You agree. We agree. Words are super important. They're commitments. I am committed to you. I am committed to this process. And I'm sure there'll be other words that evolve from here. Um, part of my commitment is to not acknowledging, noticing, holding, honoring what we have said we will do here together. So much so that oftentimes when I'm got a lot of elbow room and freedom to facilitate commitment, yeah. the commitments start with in the circle, we, and that's everybody, me, mm. the facilitator, yeah. the group, in the circle, we, so that we're setting, I am helping mm. folks to set an expectation that this is what we do. This, we, this belongs to us collectively. Yeah so that this is how we operate in our shared space. And it may be for this moment, my hope is that you take these and your circle is different because it's transformed when I'm not here, but take these with you. And then when someone else steps into the space, how do you all do things here? How have you been doing them? Yeah. Now that I'm joining your house, now that I'm joining your group, now that I'm joining this moment, which will never occur again in this unique yeah. way, may I offer a little something? Cause while I'm here as your guest, and possibly as the facilitator and joining your group as a newer member i have some thoughts that i'd like to offer so i typically offer something to the commitments as well here's something i was thinking or oh, oh there's a thing that i heard there that really resonates with me i'm up for that
1: yes this i agree with everything you're saying i think and sometimes i probably do that but again it's rubbing up against this probably what's from sea culture type of thinking where the one person's supposed to like... Experts, lead, holders of knowledge. Yes. I, it's just so interesting. And I'd be trying to tell people, I'd be as honest as I can. Look, I train and teach people and I gotta work on my stuff too. So I have to have an awareness that this is a thing that comes up in me. What I do know... Okay, let me actually finish that process. I appreciate what you're saying because it is you know, calling up for me. This is the thing that you need to still be aware of. You do this. That's okay. Just be aware and do something about it. And then what I do believe the role of an expert is, is to help people see their where they're at, what they need to develop to participate in this type of process. Because while we're saying what we're saying makes so much sense. There's just, what we're talking about is just not what people have experienced, not what they have learned and they've got their own reasons why. And it's like, what do you need, what are you experiencing as this is happening and what do you need to develop yourself to participate in this process that you all are saying that you want to share? So a lot of that first dig of the process is like, the expert, I'm taking the brush and I'm showing you this. I'm doing this first. Okay, let's everybody look. What's here? What do you see? How do you feel? Anyone want to take this brush and try? Let's all take little brushes. Just scoop some. It's a little like contained situation that you're trying to build because there is help that people need to develop the skill set and then there's so much of the internal work that people really need to be willing to do to change, how they show up and the behaviors and contributions to shared spaces. I'm just really appreciating the, this isn't something solely on people who hold privilege or power or seemingly the facilitator in the process to do all of this. And I love the language of what are, uh, like, what are our agreements? It's easy. I facilitate spaces that I'm already a part of. I could say we, but I don't use that word. Even when I go into spaces that I'm not necessarily a part of long-term, what do y'all want to do? And I just really like the reframe because I'm there while I'm there to say we. And I think it could be both. I, I think that there, what you're
0: reminding me of as you're talking is this idea of one of my favorite things is this concept of a continuum. That there's this ongoing It's not really delineated by either I'm giving you agreements and you all are doing it or we are doing this collective thing. What I'm hearing and what you're saying is this reminder about as facilitators, as leaders, as experts, if you will, in DEI spaces, right? In these spaces, we are in a continuous state of growth and responsiveness to the community that we are working with. And there is the possibility that we could notice, and I heard you say earlier, Noticing this about yourself and changing it. I don't know that there needs to be change. Noticing it about yourself and then integrating this awareness in the way that you work with folks, right? So what I'm hearing is asking folks about what they already have because you are entering. To me, it's a demonstration of respect. And again, this is there's cultural nuances to all of this. If I show up at your house, I'm not going to tell you how to do what you do. Clearly, you've been doing something and you have a way of operating. I would love to know how it's been going. I think for me and from possibly other folks in different facilitation leadership positions, it's a great way also to get the lay of the land and to maybe avoid some of these gotcha moments where someone goes, boom, that's not how we do it here. It's been going like this. Whoo, landmine. Had I asked the question, maybe I'd have a little bit of an idea of what are some areas that we want to tread lightly on, whether they directly say them or they're implied in the interaction with folks. And then I can be curious about. What's that quietness or what's that pause or what was that look? So asking folks and then also acknowledging that Mm -hmm. it may be different. And this is me just talking through my process. It may be different than how you all have usually done things. Would you consider, would you be open to this other piece during the time that I'm here? While I'm here, here are some thoughts. May I offer these to you all? Mm -hmm. And then we can figure out where we go in terms of having a collective I think it's a lot of modeling and practicing. I also think that it helps to remind me that the, it's unique to the group. It's this continuum. Because sometimes folks go, No, this is just how we do it. Okay. All right. Thank you for letting me know. Let me see how I'm gonna work with that.
1: Yeah. Yes. You know what? Okay, okay. So that I could get on board with. Have you ever experienced people thinking that they have done a lot of work or know how it's going to go. So you ask the questions, right? And and then you get answers and you try to explain what it is it you're talking about and how this might be a little different than what people are used to. And then like people don't know till they know. Have you ever experienced people thinking that they know the stuff up front? You ask the questions, here's the answers, then you're in it. And it's like, this has nothing to do with what this, the stuff we were doing ain't got nothing to do with what this is and it's helping people like either reimagine adjust or create from scratch something based on this new experience that they're having because for me my experience has been either people truly they don't know anything as it relates to creating these types of very open spaces where anything can exist or what they have done is participated in more surface level things so the things that they created don't translate to this deeper experience that ignites self and others and how to navigate it together so i'm like just wondering if that's been true for you let me actually just ask that have you seen that because that's what i'm in more often than not
0: where folks are at a surface level and they they maybe have the language of or costume of or their role playing dei but dug into the impacts in their system or like the pieces that really hit them in the values or i think if i
1: were to sum it up it's people not knowing that what they have what they've been learning is more surface level and hasn't prepared them For the deeper experiential work, like truly not knowing. Some know, but I think I've seen people not really understanding until they truly experience it. And then it's this realization of, oh, this is just way different than what I've experienced or what I even thought it was.
0: Yes. And I think to me, that is the bridge to the uncomfortable conversations or did the discomfort, because when I, I originally thought about the focus of this conversation today. My mm-hmm. mind did what I think a lot of folks' minds might do is go to certain topics which are uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you highlight is it's often not the topic, it's when the flow of conversation challenges something. So it might be challenging the status quo, it might be challenging a perceived sense of competence, it might be challenging. This is a professional space and those emotions that are coming up are not professional, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it challenges the concept of how I can show up in this space because now it feels intimate. Now it feels like it's me stuff, which takes me all the way back to sort of the modeling of the agreements and all the other pieces, because there is this process of slowly building trust and it helping people to acclimate to types of conversation interaction self-reflection and engagement with one another which might not be there if we go these are the agreements we all agree mm-hmm, agree mm-hmm. and then i am the expert i'm gonna tell okay. you some stuff then it yeah. stays in this far away space but you know the stuff so tell me the stuff and then when i hear the stuff and i can regurgitate to someone else i've mastered the stuff whatever this magical yeah. stuff is yeah. but in doing this work. We can't stay at that cerebral level because it's going to hit us in a spot. And I think that actually, for me, ties back to this expertise as a facilitator, as a leader and the continuum, because at some point in the continuum, we're going to be hit in values. We're going to be hit in the fields. We're going to go. They said a thing right there. Mm -hmm. And then as a facilitator, have to ourselves run through our steps that we have been teaching and modeling and sharing with someone else because now I'm overwhelmed with emotion or I'm mad as hell um or that unpopular opinion was different than what I was going to propose as an expert how about (laughs) that that's unpopular no 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 that's that's not what I was going to say so (laughs) that's super unpopular to me right uh so many things you have me thinking
1: about (laughs) I think that all the time. I have to tell myself, all your ideas aren't the best ideas. I know you'd be thinking you know stuff. Plus, this is their journey. And
0: this week I was challenged. I was in a space and it was all trainers and social workers. And we were talking about, they asked about, they had us reflect back to as a childhood, different communities, different identities, if you will, what we had learned in childhood about that and a little bit of a reflection on how that played into our understanding, our engagement, our connecting with these particular identities in the present and what shaped that. There was a gentleman in there who had great thoughts and insights. And then he said, he was talking about working with younger folks who don't share his advanced thought process and where he's moved to because of his lived experience, because of uh, uh, proximity to folks in that particular identity and community. Mm -hmm. And then he said, he made a mention of, sort of to the point of the two truths, but his two truths were the truth and their misunderstanding. <laughs> it was like these young folks, they just don't know. So I kind of let them hold on to the lie and then I helped them to get to my truth. And I was like, uh-huh. "Oh. I forget <laughs> where, why I interrupted you with this, but it made me think about even some of the concepts that facilitators, trainers, leaders offer the two truths. What if there are multiple truths? And what if that lie, misinformation, unpopular opinion, whatever it is, is really currently a truth for that person in this moment, given what they've experienced and how they've contextualized it. Is there space to honor, wow, tell me a little bit more about how that's true for you and how you got there. Here's what I was thinking, not to win, not to flip, not to pour water on or diffuse the unpopularness of it, but to go, oh, let's look at that thing there. How is yes. that working for you? Yeah. And how does that work for us? Yes. Because yes. that's the wonder, right? That's the curiosity. That's the questions. How does that work in this space? Because unpopular opinion person yeah. might be saying, it's not working so good for me because I have to keep it to myself. It's very isolating. Mm-hmm. It's very diminishing. Yeah. It's very marginal. I feel very marginalized. I feel inauthentic, which goes back to the relational piece. Folks being engaged and authentic and being able to talk through difficult things is potentially the goal. It might be the goal. If we're back to where you're talking about in terms of expertise, then maybe that's not the goal. And then we're back to your point about the servicey, I mastered that. I know the facts on that. I can give you the stats. How is it working for you?
1: Yeah. Yes. You had said something earlier about, I'm saying DEI is an umbrella topic to mean sure. whatever it means for the work in organizations as they define it to mean. And I believe and operate under this necessary assumption that DEI isn't topic specific. If organizations are really integrating DEI work, it's the, the vehicle for culture change. If you're attuned to your employees, stakeholders, whatever, and you are adjusting to meet the needs and removing barriers and all that other good stuff, it's not topic-specific, it's people-specific. You're just using a lens that has not historically been prioritized. Now, because it's not topic-specific, it will come up. These conversations and the need for space and the need for these various perspectives and multiple truths is going to come up because it's not about a topic. It's people with different identities and lives like it's we all are just going to have different opinions and perspectives and to think it's topic specific would mean that we are completely going to do ourselves a disservice and miss that in any of my interactions with coworkers, colleagues whatever in any of these interactions i'm going to need to work with people who are going to have different perspectives i could say or do something that's going to impact someone and vice versa And the need to develop the capacity to be in those spaces is really important. And what you were talking about doesn't have to be this or that. Could it be all the things? I think takes us back to the essence of what holding space really is. The space is we interact with and work with people who think, feel, experience life differently from us. And that's okay. But if we decide as individuals that whatever we think is right and should be followed and whatever else, especially if we hold power and privilege to really move past everybody, we're going to miss so much stuff. We're going to dismiss people. We'll make decisions without hearing all the things we need to hear. And then there's the relational component, which is everybody's here and we have people with lives and input they want to share and experiences of the space that they want to share I I just I keep thinking about the need to look beyond something specific and to just see it as we want to be creating an ability to have the type of work culture that can hold space for each other when we need to that would be
0: yeah I love it and It makes me think about, I I just absolutely appreciate the way you've conceptualized this, like you said, this umbrella of diverse thoughts. It sound. it reminds me that when folks are seeing it as, like you said, just particular topics, it's self-limiting, right? We're limiting what we can do. And we're also saying that let's center a normal, a typical, a top answer, and then everything else is the diversity of this particular topic area, which reinforces not DEI thinking. As you were talking, another visual came to mind for me, and it made me think about we've got a flow of water through a pipe, right? If we don't have the ability to hear, make space for differences things we get sediment we got something that builds up in this of ideas mm-hmm. flow of information flow of resources all the creativity is can get backlogged it can get stymied right if we don't have a, a place for it to be received on the other end then your flow of water you get this buildup in the pipe that's really what it is you get a buildup. up oh, yeah. it's building up unexpressed ideas unshared values unresolved communication Unappreciate folks being unappreciated, you get a buildup, and then what do you get? You either get a complete backlog, or at some point the communication has been very clear that these pieces are unpopular, uncomfortable. They stay here. Just a little flow of water makes it past, which is all of the pieces that we have acculturated and conditioned the community to say that's the stuff that's acceptable here, that's the okay stuff. Hmm.
1: But
0: if you've got a This much that is creative and different and new and challenging and needs to be processed. And this little bit is getting through because folks go, let me sanitize this. This is the stuff that is acceptable and that will be received with applause or that will be honored. We missed out on a lot. At some point, maybe your pipes are gonna gonna burst too. There's that whole thing where we have this, we have some type of situation emerges where maybe you lose staff, Maybe you're no longer getting creativity. Maybe there's just a tension in the workroom. Maybe there's this, this sort of, what is it called? Something harmony. I'm trying to remember the word. It's like false harmony. I forget what it's called. It's one of these organizational old terms. But that really, makes
1: sense to me, false harmony. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll call it false harmony. But okay. it's really
1: this nod and smile.
0: Because <laughs> folks are just showing up to tell you what you want to hear it becomes one of those emperors emperor has no clothes no one's giving you feedback as yeah. a leader even as a leader no one is giving me feedback do I have something in my tooth Nope, yeah. nothing there how's yeah. the system working it's working great because yeah. there's not space to go yeah I had a better idea I had a different idea what we're yeah. doing and that have been doing hasn't been working and so I think that there are real impacts to engaging in a consideration of uncomfortable conversations how we move through diverse thoughts and ideas and ways of engaging, ways of doing work that can shake up systems, but in a very powerful, creative, productive way. Which again, challenges yeah. on the diversity side of this is productivity and diversity might, what how productivity is visualized could benefit from some conceptualization of diversity as well.
1: Yeah. Yes. I have a question. I think my original thought of the question was a bit more narrow. But now I'm actually thinking if facilitators or experts are joining in spaces with people, that I believe that this question could be viewed by anyone as a resource. And I'm thinking about what, as someone who's been in this space, having to teach people and hold spaces yourself, What is your experience doing it? And my hope would be even for both of us to normalize what it's like to do that, because what people do is look at people facilitating the space. I hear this all the time. It looks so easy and the the way they see it happening appears a certain way. And in my reflection and even message back to people is is not. There's a whole lot going on inside to do that. It's not what you think it looks like. So I'm wondering if we have Window in the and What is your experience facilitating or being in the holding space moments? Yeah,
0: it's a little bit of a duck on water. My pal Betsy Watson said that once. And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even, what do I know about ducks? Apparently, when you see a duck or a swan, they're like, all oh, beautiful. The yeah. little skinny little legs are going like this really hard underwater. I think that there's that. Maybe it's a a social media thing or just having folks in spaces of power and holding their own space and putting on their presentation. Yeah. That the under layers and the other inner workings and little fast working duck legs are not visible. Yeah. Um, but I want to acknowledge that there is a whole lot of that happening in terms of prep and wondering and considerations and having things in your back pocket. So the layer of Janice, I am a very contextual person. I'd like to know a little bit about what I'm stepping into. That's my stuff. Um, some folks can just show up and be like, all right, I want, who, what's going on in the house? Who's, what, do we, what do you all do here? I want, to, I want to have a little bit of background information. And I don't always have it. I think another piece, too, is in the same way that we extend... Grace, as they say in all these social work spaces and DEI spaces, get a little bit of grace to remember to give it to ourselves. Yeah. So taking a deep breath, which you reminded me today, take my breath, slow it down. I think holistic, human-focused approaches to the work serve us, serve me very well. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in the room with me, whether it be just myself and one individual person that I'm coaching or a large group or a team, whether known to me or not known to me, is having a human experience. Very much reminding myself that I'm not an expert, that I will not get through this process without engaging with the group. And the group or the partner is super unpredictable. So making some room for, I don't know what's gonna happen, that is going to be okay. Yeah. Which kind of goes back to the commitments piece is we are owning this together. This is our possibly messy process. So a lot of that is the internal thought process. Some of that for me is setting a tone of we're going to work together. I've got some ideas. You've got some ideas. And talking through where do you want to go? I think another piece too for facilitators of processes, is to know what your gift is. Hmm. I know about myself. My gift is to, when I remind myself to just calm down, be present. I laugh at myself a lot so I can see humor in things. I know I tell winding stories and analogies or metaphors or whatever we decided that they are. And I know that if I'm really present in the room, I can witness folks, I can see folks. So know what your gifts are. That's super important. Don't attempt to put on the gifts of somebody else. The things that are missing in your facilitation process are not actually missing. You just don't hold. Them. They are in the room. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so you and I talked previously, I know we talked about being okay with things being unresolved. I think the front end of that is being okay as a facilitator with incomplete things because it won't be complete because you don't hold it all. The group has it and it will develop itself in the process. So Mm -hmm. all of that to me is beginning headspace, orienting oneself. I would say, as you're moving through the process in the same way of attending to the group, notice yourself, attend to yourself. I was in a space not that long ago and I just had to look down. It was a zoom space and I just had to look down the camera. Okay. Cause there was a lot going on and it wasn't for me to react to it, but it was hitting me some kind of way. And so I was like, I'll give it to the group. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had individual spaces before where something hit me again, things are going to hit you and be prepared for that. Hit me in the values and I, took a breath and moved through and held on to some other part and then closed out and said to the person, do you mind if we reconvene? Because there's something that happened there that I really want to revisit. And I don't think that I have the capacity to do so now. So I'm just sort of going to process it, kick it around. And I'd love to see if we can get back together. And the person Mm -hmm. was like, yeah. And -hmm. then I actually tap danced through, oh, what am I going to do? Process it on my own checked in with someone who could support you without revealing specifics, because I wanted to honor that individual about the general topic, made a plan to revisit it. Again, as a facilitator of process, it was still causing me, it was still really close to myself and my heart and what was, I don't know that I can be the best model for this. And then we finally reconvened and I, wow, this is because it was something that was high in terms of value. and it, And I said, I have been kind of avoiding this and I wasn't exactly sure how to approach this, but it's really important for me. And the role of this individual was to influence others with a view that in my opinion was particularly biased and could be dangerous out in their field. Um, and I said, there was a thing that you said, I don't know if you know. And the person said, Oh yeah, I know the thing that I said, it was blah, 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 blah. Oh, great. Right. Whew. So that again, releasing ourselves from having to hold it because a lot of times folks know and then being human, being whole, owning it and saying, this is this part right here. And then stopping myself and saying, what are your thoughts on it? What, what was your intention? How did it sound to you? It impacted me some kind of way. And then the person went on and shared contextually their view. I had questions. I was curious, how did they, because I had perceived how it might impact them in the field. How did they foresee this serving the folks that they intended to serve because this is the piece too i think there's a lot of heart and values piece so all of that is that that's an individual example and i was just thinking back to the highlights of that knowing your stuff so that you know where you're going to be impacted what the values are you bring into it the holding space is about the group is holding the space not having to hold it all I think there's also the element of breathing pausing and then you offered to closing as being okay with things being not perfectly tied up in a bow and a ribbon and being resolved. I had a couple notes. I was thinking to myself, you know, and the space in between is all the wonder, the curiosity, the asking questions, seeking to understand, because I think the goal of the facilitation for me is to be able to do what one of my colleagues, Monica, said a long time ago was to speak into other people's listening. It doesn't even necessarily grammatically make sense, but to speak into others listening, the way that I took that was to really be able to hear each other, to be able to witness each other, to not agree, not change folks, but to allow that Blockage that I talked about earlier to not be there. There's a flow. I don't love it. It might still be uncomfortable, but we're flowing. And then we can do something with that.
1: Yeah. Yes. I was thinking about what my experience is. And I believe my experience is likely what you are experiencing, which is what gets you to this place that you're describing right now. It's in these moments, there is a lot happening internally that would require you to know, this is the time I need to look down and take a breath. There's so many other things that are going on that prompt that thought and action in you. And for me, when I'm experiencing these spaces, whether I'm a participant that actively still holds a space or facilitating that, I have so many things where I feel like I need to self-regulate a lot, a lot. It could be my own random irritation just from a thing that nobody knows about. It could be a perspective that truly activates me and I got to honor somebody else's. There's so many things that I personally get activated and and it's knowing that other people are activated or might be activated and people want to be seen or heard. It's like this intensified moment. There can be intensified moments where everybody's got something going on. And you want to be present for other people while you have to regulate yourself. And the awareness of what's happening and the regulation of self and learning, what are the things that activate you? What are the things that can help you self-regulate to stay present? If this is not one of those things where you can't even be present, then what are your ways that you're going to honor yourself? What do you need to say or communicate? Or is this one of those things where you got to go take care of yourself? Like knowing all of that is present in those spaces. And I think about when we're trying to teach people how to do this work, it's literally helping people see all of that, too. It's not, hey, here are your colleague. Hey, speak up for yourself. It's, yo, there's all the stuff that you're feeling. What is even, what is all that? What are you telling yourself? What are you feeling? Are you able to even regulate right now? Can you hear people? Can you hear yourself? And then all of the other people's stuff going on. And I feel like as as I'm saying this, or even as you were speaking, I was, Realizing that what I do, I live my process out loud a lot in an effort to help people see. I really do. I'm just imagining when I facilitate spaces, I've literally said, I am uncertain about what to do right now. And I was like, and I'm not sure it's mine. I'm having trouble regulating myself. I'll say those things. So people know too that I'm in it with you while I might know things that you don't know. I don't know all the things and I want that to be okay. And I remember, I won't get into this long story. I just, this approach as someone who's leading the work isn't necessarily fully accepted by this professional space yet. We're like, hey, go in there and just say, you don't know everything. I'm not supposed to know everything. This is difficult. I am trying to self-regulate. I'm also modeling what it looks like to know I need to and figure out what that is. Can anyone else be in this space with me to help hold the responsibility? I see you. You want to say something. Tell me.
0: No, I was just thinking that that to me is the key. It's not, I don't know anything. I'm not an expert. And then falling back, it's because I think what I'm hearing you speak to is the fact of leaders, facilitators, folks in this role of expertise, it not being culturally accepted to have places where we are hundred percent confident and know the answers and are a perfect model but what i'm hearing and what yeah. you're saying is that in acknowledging the tough spots and acknowledging the diverse mm. experiences mm. that are occurring within oneself you are modeling what it looks like to do the work which will take folks from that surface level like you talked about mm-hmm. earlier to actually trying it on mm-hmm. and that it's not going i don't know It's interpreting, if you will, the process out living out loud. I love it. Interpreting it for everyone in the room to get a clear understanding of this is what's happening here. Mm -hmm. So there's not a misunderstanding. You're modeling that this is okay. And this is what experts do. This is what can be done. And then I think the last piece I was like, "Mm -hmm," that part right there was, and then giving it back to the group. This is what it was for me. How is it for you? So if there's Mm -hmm. a rupture. I noticed this, and this is what's coming up for me. And how are you all experiencing this? So, giving it back to folks as a facilitator and a leader to invite them into the circle yeah. to give voice to their diverse experiences of the information, the group dynamic, wrestling with the information, like wrestling with the process, all of that to me is really closing the loop on you being human and modeling and experiencing and then narrating and, and, and translating it to the group and then remind them again, no spectators you're in it too. What are you experiencing? How does this apply to you? Yeah. I'm curious. And then uh, inviting them into the curiosity as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Gosh, there's, Something else, too, that I feel like, before we wrap up, there's a piece that I'm like, oh, I think there's a responsibility to speak about this. And how can I say it? There's the need to hold the space for people's perspectives and be curious. Let's understand what's going on. And then, depending on the organization and the direction that they're wanting to go and the approach that they're taking, certain statements and certain actions don't align with that and require some teaching too because if we say hey everybody can say what they want there's space for all of it and then there's things that don't align with an approach the organizations wanting to take i wonder if harm could be done and let me be very specific if an organization's like okay We want, let me use a term that isn't giving anything away. Let me just say they've taken an approach where they want to pay more attention to people who have been historically targeted for marginalization. Whatever that means. We care about this. We want to do something about this. Whatever words they choose. And then in spaces, people say things that are in contradiction to that. While that might be a belief that someone has, part of holding the space is either demystifying some things, sharing some information to help, help people see what the approach of an organization is. And that can be really difficult too because I do want to value people's values and their beliefs and I want to offer for people some information to consider that may help them think about showing up for their colleagues differently. So I, and that's difficult to do because oftentimes if it's a perspective that seemingly impacts me as a person, or maybe I think that you think something about me as a person, I have to regulate myself, hold space for the fact that we're going to zoom in and be curious about what someone's really saying, offer an opportunity to share something because if I don't say something, then I feel like I'm okaying potential harm in a space and then say it in such a way where it's, I'm actually not literally telling you what to do, but I am saying, here's some information that is the context for why this organization has chosen to do this. Mm-hmm. Please consider this in whatever you would like to do with yourself. If you want to put that in your mind, if you want to put it into your practice, I can't force anybody to do anything, but there is I felt like the responsibility is you can't just open the door to anyone say everything. It's all okay without knowing there's a responsibility to protect people in the space from harm. I hope this makes sense. I just needed to, I needed to circle to that. I'm like, no, no, no. it's not everybody say whatever you want. Like, oh yeah,
0: no, I agree with you. I think that It's important to highlight that and to clarify that's not what it is. I don't think you gave that impression at any point in this conversation today that it's everything goes because this is the part back to the beginning where we figure out how we're going to do what we do together. What I heard in what you said is that there's a space to acknowledge people's ideas, people's maybe going away from the core values of the team, the organization, the work even acknowledgement but not colluding with not co-signing the oh Mm -hmm. I I hear you say this to me that's an acknowledgement it sounds like this is really important to you and there is an expectation or in the the, there's a hope my hope is that the facilitator and the group will have a, a commitment to honesty authenticity and transparency Mm -hmm. I feel like those two converge, particularly with these unpopular opinions or with people working against what their stated goals are, where this is their opinion and we have to shine a light on and be open and honest with that is not meshing with what we said that we were here to do. Mm -hmm. To me, it takes me back to holding a space for the process and sometimes there are things that are expressed or maybe they're not expressed, they haven't been Mm -hmm. highlighted, which are getting in the way of the process when you were talking around I was writing myself a note and it was about the acknowledgement piece authenticity honesty but really this idea of shared accountability Mm -hmm. holding people to and that takes them to in my mind from the cerebral from the I know stuff from the surface seat to really doing the work holding them accountable for what they invited a facilitator a leader whomever's providing feedback or even the group to show up to do Because I also want to honor folks' time. If we're going to keep just tap dancing around or saying the niceties or keeping it surface, that is exhausting. And that is further harm from folks who say, I showed up to this because it's important. And I really want to do the work. But we just keep meeting to share great ideas and terms of the week. What it makes me think about is exactly where you closed or where you were wrapping it up with highlighting the discrepancy. And there's a piece for giving suggestions, tools, strategies, and tips. And there's a piece possibly in my mind before that, which is asking a powerful question about, I heard this, but I also heard this. Again, how do these work together? One of my favorite questions I like to ask people is how am am I contributing to the problem I'm trying to solve? (laughs) How are you contributing to the problem you're trying to solve? We're saying this and I'm hearing this. How does it fit together with where you'd like to go? Like I said earlier, how's that working for you? And back to our analogy about this being this archaeological dig. And the person goes, nope, this is a bowl. And I'm like, it's clearly a plate. (laughs) What else could it be? This is your idea. (laughs) This is your thought. What else might this be? How do we find out? (laughs) So even even in the highlighting the discrepancy, sometimes I want to just go, that's a lie. Or no, that's, I have to talk to myself and move through my own process to think about, it's not about changing people's minds. It's not about people just professing the right answer, which is where we get to the false, false harmony, which I was thinking of earlier. We get to the false harmony, which in and of itself stymies diversity. When people can't raise unpopular opinions, they get shut down immediately because people get scared. What do I do with that? There's going to be conflict. Notice it, respect it, hear it figure out how does it fit in the space and then invite people to consider where do we go from here?
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. This is awesome. We can just keep talking about this oh, yeah. for forever and ever. Maybe just the last question. Is there anything else that we want to say on this before we wrap up? Cause to me, I feel, first of all, I think what I'm doing right now is processing a lot of information. Mm-hmm. I do feel like there's been a really good window into what space is, who's responsible for that space, the things that come up when people are in the space to hold mm-hmm. it for people there and the accountability part and the commitments and Yeah, I just, I feel very good about this. And I'm really hoping that people find themselves here in something tangible. Is there anything else you'd want to add?
0: I agree with your summary. And I would add, it's okay to change course. When I think about myself as a facilitator, as a coach, as someone who's in a space, I am not the same person today as I was a year ago, 10 years ago. And so there are things that maybe I subscribed to or I facilitated or that I missed or allowed that I might not do today. And to be honest, depending on the day of the week, who the audience is, who I had a train not that long ago where there was someone who had harmed me, who didn't remember me, and was fabulous in the space. I was. <laughs> like this inside the whole time yeah. and trying to do what I do and was processing, you're, sit- you're sitting right there. You injured me and, and you don't even remember me, right? Moving through all that. And um, I was really proud of how that space was facilitated and what I allowed to come in and how beautifully they were. And they were a different person than when we had to count each other years past. Myself of 10 years ago, three years ago, might not have been able to move through that encounter in that way so i i think it is important for leaders facilitators holders of space to be able to again tap into the whole person the whole self you bring your whole self to it and know that you're not going to be maybe your best vision of yourself every single time yeah. that the facilitation is owned by the whole group or the team or the dyad, or whoever it is and it is okay to change course, even in a facilitation process. A thing happened before lunch. I'm just getting to bringing it back to you all. That is okay. I think it reinforces that there is this diversity. We don't need to have an either or. I either agree or disagree. This is either right or wrong. I either know or I don't know. What if it's somewhere else along the continuum?
1: Thank you for sharing Thank that. You. It's a good reminder It's spectrum and grace on all of it and I appreciate this entire conversation today. If people are telling themselves, I need to contact Janice, how can I get in touch? Like, what is the best way to reach out?
0: Email. Email is the best way. I'm quick on the email. Janice okay. at org.
1: All right. I will leave that in the description. Thank you so much for watching. Please share this episode. Share it with people in your network. Have discussions. Engage in really cool dialogue and figure out what how this makes sense for you all and how you want to grow, like, comment, subscribe on whatever platform you are watching this. If you want to get in contact with me or Living Unapologetically in general, please visit our website at livingunapologetically.com. On there, there is what social media handles. You can email us. There's lots of freebies, uh, downloadables, got guided meditations going. Very excited about that. You have access to my book, Bias Conscious Leadership, a Framework for Leading with Action and Accountability. Other than that, I hope to be able to connect soon. And until then, bye.